This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington in the studio today with Evan Grant and David Moore. And we have uh, talked about uh, the Mavericks and Dirk Nowitzki uh, with Brad Townsend. And now we're going to do a little Rangers podcast. Uh, so, Evan, why don't you start? You know, it's, it's been yelling, go the opposite way, go the opposite way. Well, he took the pitch that was up in, in kind of a way and did just that and drove home the go-ahead run. And then on the bases, he, he, he took an extra base and, and scored uh, on a ball that got away but not terribly far away from, from the catcher. And, and and, and so those are the kinds of things that I think, um, you know, represent steps in getting back on track. And it's in the continuing growth of these players, those are the moments, I think, that, that you look for to say, okay, are they getting it? And, and I think Joey's getting it. And sometimes it just does take a little bit of time to dig out of a, a slump. And you hope that instead of a 1-for-25 slump, you know, it, you reduce it to an 0-for-13. Um, and then hopefully you reduce it to less than that. Are you finished talking now? Oh, my God. He's so <sighs> mad at me. Wow. <laughs> I just want you to know that truly in my heart I love you. <laughs> Here's my problem uh, uh, with uh, – I'm, I'm watching the, the Rangers play the other day. And, you know, I really like Delano DeShields a lot. He's a great kid. He's a lot of fun to talk to. He's very uh, he's very smart to talk to. And he continues to do things, though, that aren't smart. Uh, Are you talking about running into the out at third base? Yeah. You know, because here's what happens. He, he gets the bunt down. I don't even know if that's called. Did he do that on his own? No. Did it on his own. All right, he gets, the, he gets the butt down. But, the, again, that's now look, that worked out, and that's, a, that's an incredibly gutty play, and it, you know, it changed the dynamic of that game. But – it might not have worked out. It might not have worked out. But uh, th- that's a real strength for him. Delino does that as well as anybody in, in oh, baseball. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. To your point. I, my, my, I didn't have a – yeah, th- to me that's a, that's a uh, I guess, a, a qualified risk, you know, to me. No, Doing I think that that's a thing. smart play. And, that, I, and, that, and that's a good play, and that you're taking advantage of his speed. So then he goes – so what happens is he's on first base um, – uh, and so uh, uh, I'm watching this on TV. Uh, so so Dave Raymond and, and C.J. Nitkowski are talking about how him uh, – maybe he steals second base here, and I wouldn't have a problem with that because it's two outs. And you're right. It's two outs. Elvis is up. This is a good time. If The thinking is that if you, if you get thrown out here in the middle of the at-bat, Elvis is up to lead off the next inning. So it's all okay. And you're going to put yourself in scoring position – you know, if you steal second base. So he doesn't steal, which was okay because I think it was only the first or second pitch before Elvis lines a single up the middle. So, ball, ball it's a hard shot up the middle. Uh, you know, Delano goes to second, 
And and then he rounds second. Center fielder does not bobble the ball, as far as I could could tell. Then all of a sudden, he takes off for third, and he's out by 10 feet. There's, there's no way that he was going to be safe on that play. I don't know what he was thinking. It was not a smart play. And then the camera captures Elvis. Uh, and the reason I'm bringing all this up is that Elvis turns and just kind of looks at him. And he doesn't shake his head because I'm sure he knows that there's probably cameras on me here and there's probably a lot of people looking. But he's, he's thinking, what in the world are you thinking going to third on that play? There is no way you were going to make that. That's not a calculated risk. That's just a, a stupid gamble. And, and secondly, on the, on the play that you're talking about where, uh, where Joey – uh, goes the opposite way and hits the ball to left field. And Elvis was on third base. Elvis scores. Elvis is clapping, smiling, laughing by the time he gets to home plate. And I know what Elvis is thinking is, is that, see, you can do this. You can go the opposite way. You can hit the ball to the left side. I have asked Elvis that question about, because I did a, a column last year asking about uh, hitting, you know, uh, bunting the opposite way. And, and Elvis was like, yeah, I would. There's nobody on that side of the infield. Why wouldn't I hit the ball to that side? Because the problem, the deal about bunting to the left side is just a lot easier to bunt than it is to time your swing, the kind of swing that Joey has. It's so huge that it's difficult for him to wait, 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 wait on a ball and then hit it to the left side. So uh, I, I, what I want to know is at what point will Elvis feel like he needs to do more than just say something through the media or just to look at a guy? Is Elvis in the clubhouse saying to these guys, "Hey, you need to, you need to." You know, it's really interesting that you bring this up because last night after the game, I'm standing there and I had, uh, I I was talking to Kyle Dowdy and Kyle Dowdy, the rookie, is is as rookies are, you know, stuck off in a corner, but it's about three or four lockers down from from where Elvis is, and I'm looking over as as I'm talking to Kyle, and there's this group gathered around Elvis, and it's. It's Rugnet Odor, and it's uh, as Jubal Cabrera, and it's actually Edinson Volquez. And they're involved in a pretty, uh, I, I'm not going to say animated conversation, but it's clearly in a, a, a serious baseball conversation. Um, and, and I do think that he is involving himself more in conversations. And I do believe that he spoke with uh, Delino after Sunday's game. Um, certainly not in, in view of cameras. Um, yeah, nobody's asking him to do and that. And certainly doesn't have the ability, you know, Beltre, there were there were times when Rugnet Odor ran into outs, and Beltre could kind of glare at him in a way that you were like, okay, this is the lovable grump, but it's funny, but there's also a message behind it. And I think Elvis knows that that's not the way he can, he, he can approach things. I, I think he is taking a more active role in the idea of, uh, I don't want to say leadership, but in the idea of uh, of mentoring, of of teaching, of uh, of just talking baseball with these guys, he um, did say though in the spring at one point, "I'm just the shortstop." He does. It, it, listen, he wants this group to be an ensemble group. He wants these young veterans to be able to have more investment and more um, uh, gravitas within within the clubhouse. Uh, it's not, in his mind, supposed to be a, a pecking order. And he has, you know, to his credit, he has on occasion said, look, the way Adrian did things. And, I, I look, I watched Michael Young. I watched Adrian Beltre. Um, 
And, you know, guys would come over to Michael's locker all the time and talk. And because they sought him out and asked him questions. That's a heavy burden for an athlete. You're trying to get ready to play your game at a world-class level. And to be able to take that on and deal with other people's problems, it can throw your schedule off. And, and to Elvis's credit, I think he realizes that that's not his strong suit. And I think he realizes that if this team is going to blossom, that these young core guys, Gallo, Odor, Mazzara, DeShields, they all need to have a voice in that clubhouse as well. Um, so I, I think two things. One, it's, it's, it, it's got a very good long-range vision of what you want this team to become. And two, it's got good self-awareness of what your shortcomings are uh, without trying to be something that you're not perfectly suited for. Yeah, I, I, Elvis is not suited for that. You know, the, the thing about Elvis is he's a, a just a happy-go-lucky guy. You know, he, he's just, in, you know, he's always happy, always in a good mood, always uh, accept the things we talk about a lot, a lot like Dirk, uh, very a really good guy, and, and always a very accountable guy, always there in the clubhouse, always ready to answer questions, any questions, uh, and he's always nice about it. You know, he's just he's just a great guy. It's difficult for a guy like that to to try to assume a role, as you said, that Adrian Beltre had. Adrian was is a good guy too. No, don't get me wrong, but he's a very different kind of personality. And when Adrian got here, he had a dozen years in the big leagues. You know, yeah. Elvis is is going into his eleventh year. There's a lot of parallels between when Ad how old Adrian was when he came up. Yeah, but Adrian was born older than, than Elvis. And that's that's the <laughs> that, thing. Uh, you know, he, he's just a different kind of personality. And, and you're right. And, and, and Adrian could get away with that because of who he was. And he's a Hall of Famer. But uh, I, I do think I, I, all I'm saying on this is I do think Elvis has assumed more as he's gotten older. Sure. And uh, but, but that was my, my one question was that it, it, whatever kind of leader you want to be, at some point somebody in that clubhouse has to say to Delino, look, man, you know, because as I said, I, I, I really like Delino, uh, and I think he's a smart guy. Uh, but he does – he has on, on – I wouldn't say many occasions, on several occasions done things that weren't smart. Well, I, that, that surprised me because he's – because he, I think he is a smart player. Uh, he, he is, and, and – uh, you know, my, I don't want to say admiration, but my respect for who he is as a person and, and what he's trying to do uh, for baseball and and his family um, has really, really, you know, off the charts for me. But uh, there are times when he does make mistakes. And, and I think that, you know, you look at it this way. Joey Gallo's strength is his power, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so he feels like to most utilize my strength, I've got to take that big swing which is, you know, why don't you bunt? Why don't you do this? Well, I've got to, I've got to utilize my strength. What's the line of strength? It's that speed. Sure. You know, he's the second fastest guy in baseball. Um, and so there are times when he's going to, just like Joey chases pitches because he wants to do something with that power, there's going to be times when Delano makes mistakes and they show up as outs on the bases. You know, they show up as, as bad-looking outs on the bases. Um that too is part of the the growth process, and and you know we just talked about the the linear growth process, um, but it looks bad. There's no doubt about mm -hmm. it. it. It looks bad, and but there's also times when you know this guy look, this guy scores a run now. Yeah, that's a phenomenal statistic. This team is now a hundred and forty and fifty 
when Delano DeShields scores a run since he came to the big leagues. Yeah. He changes <laughs> games dramatically. You saw it last night too with you know, with the bunt back to the to the mound. Now he was out because I think he he ran too far inside the base pass. But well, he, he butted back to the pitcher is the problem. But he for you know the pitcher the pitcher fumbled the ball because this is what he does. He speeds everybody. He knows he has to in get clock. Yeah. You know they they feel like they have to rush. Right. And that's but you, by the way, it's about catch- finding that line of of where you want to reduce the the risk that you really had no shot on, and reduce them to. Well, this is a risk I at least have a chance of winning, and Correct. he's not quite. It's finding that balance, and and sometimes you don't because your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness, and, and, thing, and that's where you have to work through those things. And, and the thing is, if you go back and look at his stolen base numbers, he's an he's he's an above eighty percent base stealer, which is which is a very good percentage. Mm-hmm. I think the situations that that you're talking about, Kevin, are mostly when he's trying to use that speed. To take Stretch the it. extra base, yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 to make something happen, but going from first to third in that situation was completely unnecessary. You're at second base with Elvis up, you know, you're you're going to score next base. You're going to score on a base hit. Yeah, it's um, situational too. Yeah, why absolutely. would you take that risk in that situation? Well, the, the, and that's what he has to have a better awareness of. Correct. It's the situation on when to use that speed. It's we, almost always a bad idea when you stop. It, it, yes. You if you've if you've stopped the play is over. That, and, and that, but it, that's also what leads to the more second guessing, right? Yes. Because if you go all the way, you've been going all the way, yeah. and then, then you surprise the center fielder, and then he he fumbles. And the he ball. makes it. But if and if the center fielder makes a great pit play and a great throw, that's one thing. That's but if you they, stop, then yeah, you're well, giving. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's there's you, no doubt. And that's just an easy. That's what I'm talking about. The, you know, the physical errors are just physical errors. I mean, I, I still. I see Delano in center field even now. He still struggles to get under a ball and catch it. And catch it in his in, – he, he constantly catches the ball at the bottom of his glove. Uh, he, he made a really nice play going back to the wall last night. Jumps and the ball hits the bottom of his glove yeah. and, and pops out. You know, what I'm saying is is that he, he is on the verge, I think, of still being a, good, a really good player. And, and that is the phenomenal thing that you're just talking about. And I, I feel like I'm being hard on Delano. Uh, harder than some of the other guys. And the reason I say that is because I see so much potential mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys just don't have the, that kind of potential. He does. You know, he can be a really good player. He just needs to – there's just a few things that he still needs to get going because because that is such a phenomenal statistic because that was going on, obviously, when, when Jeff Bannister was here and, and when he was really effective offensively because it, it, one of the things that Delano said was that what I'm thinking in the game, and this is what I like about it, what I'm thinking about is that I need to score. Mm-hmm. He said, when I go into a game, I'm not thinking about getting three hits. I'm not thinking about stealing bases. I'm not thinking about, you know, triples or home runs or whatever. I'm thinking if I just score, we'll win this game. Right. And, and I, the, um, <clears throat> you know, Delano, we've talked about, and I, we've talked about on the show, you know, if Joey Gallo hits 250, he's an MVP candidate, right? Yeah. Um, because the power is so tremendous, and, and if he hits 250, his on-base percentage is going to be well above 350. Um, Delino's on-base percentage right now is 345, and in 2015 and 2017, it was above 340. If this guy is a 340 on-base percentage yeah. guy, he is a dyna- dynamic. He's a dynamic. He's a he's demonic. A, he's he's a Delino dynamic uh, player, Dynamo. and it changes the offense. And if you combine. Delano DeShields at 340 and Joey Gallo at 250, 
this is an offense that's going to do an awful lot of damage. And, the, and this lineup has done some damage. You know, it's funny. Well, it's covered up for uh, some yeah. pretty not so good oh starting pitching. No, and that's and that's kind of been a disaster. Um, I was not counting on these guys to, you know, obviously they were all going to, in best case scenario, they're going to go five innings and then right. you turn it over to the bullpen. Well, they're not even making it. I mean, got, I, from those three guys, you've gotten one from in the three guys we're talking about, Drew Smiley, uh, Edinson Volquez, and, uh, Shelby uh, Miller. and Shelby Miller. You've gotten one five inning start from the three of them combined. Yeah. That's this not going to make into it. The, I mean, that's there's, remarkable. There's going to be at that level, there's going to be a price on the bullpen that is way too costly for this team to pay. So let me ask you this. Uh, well, and, and one last thing about that. When Shelby Miller gave up three runs, you know, in the first inning, uh, I thought this is just a disaster. Now, he, I, to his credit, he worked out of it and then was able to give him a few serviceable innings and, and kind of keep everything else at bay. But that was terrible. But anyway, the two uh, out home run to good one was yeah, it was it was a bad situation. Uh, but Jose, he did he did get through four and he and, did, and that was you know after a, a bad start that's pretty good. Baby steps forward, but it was baby steps forward. Yes. So Jose Leclerc has two terrible outings uh, and back to back terrible outings, and then comes back. One of the things that uh, uh, I wanted to ask you about was how you felt Chris Woodward handled that situation. I don't think he handled it. Um, I mean, after the two is what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I don't think he handled it any differently than I'd really expect any manager to. I think, um, uh, listen, a guy blows a save, you want to get him out there as quickly as possible, and, and they did. Um, I think I think he also made it very clear um, after the second one that, look, there's, there's not even a question. It, it didn't even come up. That oh you know do you have a closer issue you know yeah, it didn't right. even come up the the way he phrased words the way he talked about Leclerc it was very clear that look they're sticking with this guy but he but more than that he said he's our best pitcher yes. yes you know yeah which I thought was significant and he said that on may, on many occasions uh, but I think it's, it's it's significant to say that because uh, I think he is I think really I think he's their best player P- player pitcher anything I think that he's the most valuable guy. I think he's the when, – when I watch him, when he's pitching really well, and he did come back uh, his next time out, he gave up uh, – his last time out, he gave up uh, a uh, – he gave up a single, but he struck out the side. It, the ball looked, he looked we very good. We did not good. say struck out the side. We had a long conversation okay. about that right. yesterday. Because he didn't strike out the side because somebody got a single. Correct. All right. Okay, all right. You recorded all the outs on strike. Yes, he did. Okay, let's say that. Recorded um, all the outs. But, but, the, but the point was, he, and he looked tremendous doing that. Uh, ball was really moving. Uh, but, la- I mean, last night I got a little bit concerned when I, you know, he comes out and the first two pitches are way up and out of the zone just like they were I did not against see Arizona. Last night. Yeah. Um, but he got through the inning. Uh, well, got through the inning. He came in for a one-out save with a five-out lead, but, but, but got the, uh, you know, got it. Um and I just think you know this team is this team is very committed to him. They made that very clear when they put fourteen million dollars in front of him. Um, they believe that that he wants it really, really badly, and I think he does. Um, he's really serious about his craft. Uh, what we saw in the past was that this was a guy who had some ability to to kind of lose the command on the fastball that was what what prohibited him from taking on a bigger role earlier 
Right. Um, and he struggled with that command a little bit uh, in, in this last week. But I, I, I feel like, uh, again, you know, Woodward, two things in, in this. Woodward, I think, feels very much at ease delegating um, to Julio Rangel and Oscar Marine, his, his two pitching coaches. I think he feels very strong in um, – endorsing Jose Leclerc. Those are strong words, like Kevin said. Those are very strong words. He's our best pitcher. Um, and, and and I think he believes very strongly in, in Jose Leclerc, period. I think Jose Leclerc believes very strongly in himself. So uh, in, in doing all that, you just set a tone. I mean, and, 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 and I think that's the most, the thing that's, that stood out most about this first 15 games is there is a tone here that look guys are going to fail on occasion okay it's going to happen um and and what we're going to do as an organization is we are going to support them and we're not going to be afraid to say okay this wasn't acceptable and this is what's got to take place and this is why i believe it will take place because that's that's human nature that's what happens you can't just say you can't either just throw somebody under the un, under the bus and walk away from it, or you can't just pretend like it didn't happen. And I think I think what Woodward has has done, and we talked about this on the uh, in some ex, to some regards in in the Dirk podcast, um, was that you know Dirk was approachable and honest and candid. And I think Chris has been to this point very honest and candid about strengths, weaknesses, flaws things that need to be addressed. And I think that that just makes it um, more genuine for the players to believe as well. One question I had going forward, we, we talked a lot about how you, um, you're you looking at individual improvement so much this season in, in different areas and, and who can be here once you're a team that can be in contention again. Will it reach a stage where, and look, you, you don't, just want a placeholder necessarily, but will it reach a stage with the starting pitching sooner rather than later where the organization says, well, in order for these other guys to develop, we've got to get someone in here so we can at least put these guys in the role we want to see them to develop. Right. Give us, give ourselves a chance to not necessarily win, but in order for our, our bullpen and, and to see what we have there and in order to, uh, just how we're approaching the game. We have to get some starters in here or a starter in here that can go beyond the fifth. I mean, how much longer can you continue with this stretch and where they are now? Uh, it's, it's, it's a good question. Um, and I think in, in a perfect world, I think the Rangers were hoping for either, you know, a half season from each of, of, of Smiley, Miller, mm -hmm. and uh, Volquez, or they were hoping that they got, you know, a couple of really good months and they could potentially parlay them into trade pieces. I think that the one thing that is most important on the pitching front this year is insulating Taylor Hearn and Joe Palumbo and Jonathan Hernandez uh, and, and Brock Burke, all of whom are off to good starts at AAA and AA, to a point where they have some more time to finish off. I expect more than one of those guys to pitch in the big leagues this year. I don't expect it to be until sometime after the All-Star break. And, and so what the Rangers are in danger of doing right now, because of the injury Ranger to Volquez, danger. Ranger danger. Because of the injury to Volquez, because of 
the injury to Johan Mendez in spring training, the fact that Jason Hamill decided to retire rather than pitch for this club, um, and, and the injury to Luke Farrell. You've really thinned out all your depth to protect those guys. And so you're in a dangerous spot where you have one more injury. Now you're having to talk about those guys. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be a deviation from the plan. I do think what you will see is there are guys um, out there uh, who traditionally are on minor league contracts who have some April 30th outs that if they you know, don't, aren't in the big leagues by April 30th, they can take free agency. I think the Rangers will pursue some of those guys. John Daniels said last week that they're, they're looking for some of those type guys to give them depth. Fortunately, you can find those guys. Um, and it may not be pretty, but if the number one goal is to protect those guys mm -hmm. that, that, at AA and AAA, you can find ways to do that, even if it comes at the expense of, well, this season's going to get ugly sooner rather than later. The only thing I get concerned about is, is guys in the bullpen like LeClerc, like the young guys, like Kyle Bird, like Kyle Dowdy. I don't want to see them get overworked because of the lack of starting rotation depth don't want to see them get overworked and potentially suffer an injury or a real setback. That's well, again, and that's what you're juggling because, like you right. say, you want to protect the, the pitchers in the minor league system, yep. but do you want to do it at the expense of your relievers who are here now that you feel are going to be part of this nucleus yeah, going I, forward? I think they would chew up and spit out those relievers rather yeah. than this. Well, the guys, like, the guys like John Mar Gomez and, and right. you know, even to some extent Eric Chavez, uh, Eric Chavez, Jesse Chavez, you know, they'll, they'll use those veterans up if they mm -hmm. need to. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Sean Kelly. I will have to say that uh, that was really the first time I, I've seen Kyle Dowdy pitch the, this year was uh, last night. Um, well, I was really impressed with him. Uh, I thought he really had uh, – uh, besides the fastball, obviously he, he had some, he had a really nice hard breaking ball. Uh, he had some he had some good tools. He's a really interesting story. I mean, just kind of overnight gained five miles an hour. Yeah, that has to raise some <laughs> eyebrows, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But um, I, I, are we testing? I, it, it's you know it, it. He's a he's a very um, faithful person. Oh, and. Um, when we, when, when I talked to him about it, you know, he, he said, the only thing I can think of right now is the hand of God. And so we'll go with that until otherwise proven, but he did work, have a weighted ball regimen, which is all in vogue these days to, to throw weighted baseballs, to try and improve your velocity. Um, didn't see immediate results from that, but it does, you know, it can take some time. Um, and he's seen this. He, he's seen this jump forward, and um, also was a guy who went through several years of injuries too. So I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you start lining things up, and 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 some things can fall into place. But uh, how old is he now? He's twenty six. Woo! And he is, you know, he was a guy that they chose. Uh, they had a choice: Connor Sadzik or Kyle Dowdy, and they've they've chosen to go with Dowdy. Sadzik has gone to Seattle. Um, pitched in six games, been absolutely lights out there. So, um, I'm. Uh, we've all seen Connor Sadzik. We've seen the the control issues he's had. We'll see if if this if this trend keeps up with Seattle. But I think that's what your evaluation is going to be long term. Is does Kyle Dowdy become more of a contributor to your club than Connor Sadzik becomes to the Seattle Mariners? True that. Um... So, uh, well, we've got a few more minutes here. We don't have to just run away. You're looking at the clock. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, don't we have to do a Cowboys podcast? I don't, I, I, are we doing a Cowboys podcast this week? Or are we just going to shoot that for lunch? Are we just going like with the with the draft coming up and Russell Wilson becoming the highest paid quarterback all right, and, all right. and what that means for Dak? Well, no, we can we get all that, that in in about seven minutes. Right? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. But okay, but, okay we're really going to stop this podcast without recognizing this significant day in Rangers history. What is this significant day? Chuck Morgan's 2900th game. Well, you can add that to it if you want, but I believe today is the anniversary of the first victory by the Texas Rangers ball club as a franchise. 1972, another strike shortened season. Um, Yes, it was, and I, I believe if I if I'm correct, now I, I I get my I get my locations confused. Did they open the '72 season in California, or did they open it in Arlington? Oh, I don't remember right offhand. Um, don't remember, but I do remember that the opener here um, in '72, you had they kind of had to delay the start because of traffic on the the old turnpike. Well, there was that, and there was wasn't it? There was it had rained heavily. And as I recall, and they brought in a helicopter to try to dry off the field, even, as I recall. I remember, I think I remember writing something about that at some point. I'm not All sure. Right. Well, there you go. So the, we have fine memories of that, David. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it's great stuff. I don't even remember where the Cowboys ended last season. So Ted, not, I don't, I Ted don't Williams, remember where the Rangers started in 1972. Ted uh, Williams wore a cowboy hat and some boots on the field, and that was pretty much the highlight of his tenure with the Rangers as manager. Yeah, that didn't go over so hot. No, no. So I think that, that ought to do it then. All right, well that that'll do it. We will uh, we will sign off on Rangers podcasting for the week, and we will get in the fastest Cowboys podcast ever. See you soon, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans. We'll see you.